2: Welcome to Fat
0: Mascara. I'm Jessica. I'm Jen. We're snapping and clapping and drum rolling. We're starting it off well, aren't we?
2: Okay. Um, We have a giveaway that is just closed, so I hope that you had a chance to enter, and we will be reaching out to our way giveaway winner promptly.
0: Yeah. Don't worry. We'll do more giveaways for you guys. We We love you that way. Congrats to our fabulous winner with amazing hair. Who will have amazing hair. That's very true. Um, Okay, so we are not talking hair today, but we have very, uh, very important things to talk about. First up, there I was last week giving my thoughts on Glossier Play before I even saw the damn products. I have seen the products. You have seen the products, so we're going to talk about it. And then lastly, the Italian manicure. Mm. It's a thing.
2: And our guest is the fabulous Emma Guns. This is our very first remote podcast. You know that we don't do that here at Fat Mascara. I just don't like it. Um, But Emma is so wonderful, and she is live from London talking about all things beauty. And I really hope that you are subscribing to Emma Guns' podcast because it's fantastic. You should. And also, you might notice the sound is a little bit different. As you know, our sound
0: is amazing these days. But because we recorded it, you know, transatlantically, not in the same studio, just know it might sound a little different. But all the good info is there. You ready? Ready. Let's do it. So Jess mm-hmm. got my hands on some glossier play. Mm-hmm. As did you, I know. Mm-hmm. Um I still maintain that I think they are changing a little bit. They're pivoting from their original uh, line ethos, but I guess that's why they called it Glossier Play, not just Glossier. Mm-hmm. Um, and the color cosmetics came in, and I have some favorites. I want to know what you think. What do you think of the packaging? What do you think of the products?
2: Uh, I tried some of the products. They were they were nice. They felt good. They felt you know like what I expected. You know it was. I know. With color cosmetics, it's always like you can't screw it up that badly, can you? Well, I mean, it's
0: really—they uh, didn't do foundation. They didn't do full coverage concealer. They didn't do anything that, like, I think, takes a lot of know-how. If you're going to do a forty-range foundation line, you better do your homework.
2: You know? I mean, I, I don't believe all color ranges are the same. That's right. that's definitely not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What I am trying to say it was, you know, the textures were nice, the colors are cute. I think if what I what about were, the little foil packet inside. I was n- confused by the foil packet. Um, I, I actually want to know if there was a reason for the foil packet inside the box because I've actually never seen that before. Um, yeah,
0: it's almost a, like a, like an ice cream, like a NASA ice cream, you know, those silvery yeah, foil yeah. inside of a cardboard box, which I thought was just like extra packaging, which didn't seem cool, right. in my opinion. But.
2: I did like—can I, I reach for this? Reach, is this reach like for it. The, is this the, yeah, the glitter? Yeah, what's I the like name the, of that one again? Um, I think. The product is called it's Glitter Gelee. Gelee. And this is Phantasm. Um, I like that the glitter had big, fat chunks, like big, it's like an octagonal, octagonal, whatever, chunks. And then smaller chunks, you get like a really dynamic-looking um, effect. And then it's in like a clear balm that isn't shiny. So the the specks are on your face, And it looks very, like, you know, rave 1998. In the best way. In the Jerome—what is it called? Jerome Russell. But this is, like—Jerome Russell didn't do this. This is, like—Jerome Russell was very, like, angelic and ethereal. This is, like, I am going to a rave to do drugs. Like, this is, like, really, like—this is hardcore, I love it, but, like, do I think me in my, like, 30s need to be wearing this to work? No. no. This is, like, party city. The jelly was one of my favorites. The Shimmer Liquid, I forget the
0: name of it, was not that great. As suspected, the Color Slide eye pencils, I think they're, like, pretty much Urban Decay 24-7 glide eye pencils. Let me have a go with That's this. That Sparkle Shark. This. That's the brownish. It's like a taupey. It's actually an interesting color. I, I would call it a metallic mushroom. It feels very nice. Do you like that shade description? I really I yeah. just came up with that. I'm really metallic proud of that. Metallic mushroom. Yeah. Um, They're lovely and creamy. Um, Well done. My favorite product. Are you ready? I'm ready. Literally, you changed everything, Glossier. I'm ready to bow down to your German engineered sharpener called Blade. I know you're thinking, why is a sharpener so special? Well, let me tell you. It's not. It's a great sharpener. It's sharp. has a nice—actually, you know, it has a nice big—what um, do you call this? Receptacle for all the shards, so you don't have to clean it oh, that, that often. often. <laughs> you know how sometimes they're really small, and then you, you do one NARS Velvet pe- Matte Pencil. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, And the whole thing's full. Yes. So this has enough, so you could do several Velvet Matte Pencils from it NARS. It looks like— um, you know, when you have to pee in the cup at the doctor's yes, office. Yes, it does look like a specimen cup. Thank you for that lovely description. <laughs> I'm also going to edit myself here because you know what? A NARS velvet mat wouldn't fit in that hole.
2: No, I it's use one. Hole. I use one sharpener for like everything because it has double, you know, it's like one for a chubby pencil and one... For a little guy, I have the same one. Uh, well, I don't know what your brand is, but I have a NARS one. And it's yeah, great. Yeah. Um,
0: but the reason this is so great is, not obviously the holes, since there's only one, it came with I'm going to call it a cleaner stick. What do they call I it? Call a it cleaning, cleaning stick. stick. So Jess and I were opening it up, and there's this like purple, random eraser-looking stick inside, yeah. and we're like, "What is this?" And I was like, "I think I know what that is." You know how when you use a sharpener, all, especially with the new creamy, pigmented formulas, your um your shavings get all gunked up in there. Yeah. And then the color gets all in there then you put the q-tip in with a little um water well it doesn't then you need more than water you need the alcohol you need the mic- makeup remover to really clean it yeah, out yeah this yeah. thing is like a little lavender eraser stick almost and you stick it in and spin it a couple times and it gets all the gunk out and cleans the blades
2: yeah i i've never seen anything like it genius I wonder if this is something that like is from asia or something like this feels like a weird or it's like a, a beauty thing. editor hack.
0: They were just like, oh, yeah, the makeup artists always just stick one of those long erasers that are in the back of a mechanical pencil in their sharpener. Yeah,
2: I, don't, yeah, I genuinely don't know. But it was definitely something I've never seen before.
0: So th- if you need a good sharpener, I,
2: it's Glossier Play and I'm excited about the sharpener. What does that say? Hmm. Um, it's 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 cool. You know, I think if I were... Like a teenager, I would be all over this stuff.
0: Well, I'm like a not and I'm still feeling it. But anyway, I amend my original assessment. I'm into it. Do I think it's the best move for the company? Who knows? I'm not making millions like Emily Weiss. But we want to know what you guys think. So DM us. There's manny news afoot in the fall, in oh, the fall fashion shows. We rarely shows. get manny news, so this, I know. Is, I feel this like, is big. I feel like nails at the fashion shows, it's either like we're doing nail art so that we get press out of it, or they're just nude nails, right? <laughs> the designer's like, no nails. No, no nails. Um, well, it, uh, Terry Moogler, mm-hmm. manicurist Marion Newman, did. This What got all the news was her middle finger manicure, and I was like, Ugh, this is such like a symbolic hokey whatever. You know, It was a bare nail for mm-hmm. all the nails, except the middle finger was like a dark, dark blackish red. I'm not about to report on that. I think that's just so silly. Yeah, it's like a secret middle finger to who? To what? Like, I'm into that. What I am into. Are you ready? Okay. She explained is that what we're doing is an Italian manicure where the sides stay nude and the middle gets a stripe of color. Have you ever heard of the Italian manicure? No, why
2: is it Italian?
0: Okay, well, we got the French manicure, right, where they elongate the nail by making the tip white. That's the... That was the point of it back in the day, correct? Yes. So the, I don't know why. I could not figure out why it was called Italian other than just because it's different than French, but close by. Um, but basically, you're, str- you're putting your nail polish down the center of your nail and leaving the sides bare. I find myself doing that without realizing what the name of it was just to elongate the shape of my nails because I have very square, short mm. nails. Um, and now I have a name for it, which makes me happy. Okay. So I'm going to be doing the Italian manicure. And I also thought about this and I looked around online and some other manicurists agree with me. If you think that looks weird because maybe up close it really does look like you just made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also do where you do a matte color Mm -hmm. and then you do the high gloss um, top coat just down the center, Mm. which is basically like strobing for your nail. You know, like you're creating that highlight that helps elongate the nail and make it look more plump, almost like like you have a, a gel on.
2: Okay, So like you could
0: do a matte red and then just do clear top coat down the center.
2: Do you like that? A matte red on the center of the nail. No, matte red all over. Okay. And then the center. Oh, it's like a highlight, like as if it's like a glossy highlight on a car or something. Yeah, and it it
0: pulls, you know, it elongates it, makes it look longer, and you know, you're playing with light in that way. But the true way of doing the Italian manicure is leaving the sides bare. This seems very avant-garde. It does, but like if you look at it quickly, you don't even notice that the sides are naked. Your nails just look thinner and longer.
2: I'll try it. I think you may need to have thin, long fingers for it to look cool too. Not my little chubsters. I think it might. Look do
0: you on. also have f- short fingers? I never noticed I think that. They're like, let
2: they're, me see your nails. They're little. I have little
0: hands. Oh my god, you do have little, little hands. hands. <gasps> are you Benjamin Button hands? <laughs> That's what my other friend, we call her Benjamin Button. They're, they're just little. They're just tiny. Um, yeah, but your nails aren't especially short, like teeny no, tiny nails. No. So you might not need this. But you guys out there, if you have short nails, this is like a good technique that I haven't heard a lot about. So I wanted
2: to share it with you guys. I, I'm not sold on the, um, the, the name thing. of it. Yeah. Also, I think like maybe it's just another take on an accent nail. Oh, the middle finger thing yeah. is separate. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Italian yeah.
0: manicure. Unless you come up with a better name, we're calling it the Italian manicure. The Italian mani. We'll work on it, guys. There you go. <laughs> Find yourself together when you join Aloe Moves. Join the community on alomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's AlloMoves.com, code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's alomoves.com and the code is MASCARA20.
2: we've been trying to make this happen I looked at my last correspondence about this okay February 2018 we are with Emma Guns. a year later brilliant British (laughs) brilliant British podcaster okay this is a transatlantic telegram that doesn't even make (laughs) sense and you're turning British by the
1: moment I love it welcome Emma welcome thank you so much for having me this is honestly such a delightful treat it's Thursday evening I have had a shower i went to the gym late i i watched the real housewives on the on the cycle on are the you getting
2: are you getting this season's housewives oh yeah are you i'm up not to, an uh, animal I, I didn't you know what i didn't know if you were listen i don't know what's going on over there i don't know if you guys are getting it oh Quran. i get it
1: um 24 hours after you you guys do so I've okay, just okay. i just watched all right good we don't have to call our people no okay. although if you do have people i would like numbers um but yeah so I'm I'm one episode in on Real Housewives of New York and I'm delighted okay we'll discuss
2: after the show Mm -hmm. so listen I am so happy you've got the best podcast going in the UK and it's getting very big it actually is very big over here excuse me because people are coming up to me and be like well do you listen to Emma Gunn's because like I'm a beauty person
1: ah you're big (laughs) well well that's really lovely to hear But we are a pod fam, so people always ask me about you guys too, and all our other pod sisters.
2: (laughs) Well, you actually are, you know, you come from a very similar background to Jen and me. You are an editor turned podcaster.
1: Yes, correct. So my journalism career started on magazines in 2003. And well, prior to that, I worked on local newspapers, but nothing very exciting really wasn't as glamorous, but my first real beauty job on a big glossy magazine started in 2003. So I spent 10 years kind of doing that beauty circuit, meeting everyone in the industry. It was such a fantastic job. And then, uh, in 2012, I decided to go freelance mm-hmm. and, that was tricky. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a way forward for a lot of people here. I mean, that's really kind of what's happening.
2: Wait, do you remember your first interview? You just said 2003, like your first beauty interview. Ooh,
1: Who gosh. was it? <gasps> that is such a good question. Um, I don't know as if I do, because I actually had quite small. I only had two beauty pages and there were lots of pictures, mm-hmm. <laughs> product edits. It was like, get the look uh, from a red carpet and I had a column. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I, now I can't remember the first celebrity interview I did or the brand owner interview I did, but I do remember that I, the job I had had previously before I got the big job on a magazine, I'd been working on local newspapers. I used to do things like cover um, coffee mornings and the election, the local election, or there was um, a cake sale Oh, something like that. And then uh, I think six weeks after starting on my on my role, uh, my editor said to me, "I'm going to need you to come to Elton John's white tie and tiara party to help take names." Oh my god, <gasps> that's like yeah. So it was a massively steep learning curve, and it was obviously. That's um, so intimidating. Well, it was it was magnificent because I saw Barry Manilow and Simon Cowell kind of bantering and I was like, "What?"
0: I still am like that at some of these things we go to. I just pinch myself and I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I could go back to 20 year old me and be like, look at this. It's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Sorry, I took us off topic there. But what when you moved over to freelance, obviously, then you started a podcast right around when we started ours three years ago, right? April 2016. Yeah. Oh, we'll give you a birthday present in a month. How about that? You'll be three also. Um, What was the big difference between that? Obviously, big difference from your newspaper job with the local bake sale. But what was the biggest difference from doing the beauty pages when you went like
1: audio? Oh, it was... uh, probably the best way I can describe it is that when I was working on magazines, I always was waiting for this moment. All three of us were beauty editors before we were beauty editors. We were little girls who wanted to be beauty editors. And so I thought it would feel a certain way. I thought I would have a Hollywood ending as it were. I thought I would have that kind of beautiful movie moment where it just kind of all slipped into place and I'd be stomping into work holding my coffee cup and my hair (laughs) would be just so, and I'd be in the latest Prada boots or whatever. And that I never really had that feeling and I didn't feel that about my content. And then as soon as I started doing the podcast, it was just like the the needle on the record just hit the right groove. Do you feel like,
2: you know, this is something that had to happen now just because... Of the way, you know, beauty media is, or do you feel like it was kind of just a a bit of a lesson of like, sometimes you need to make your own way? I think that's so interesting. Like, it's like the magazine. I'm not talking about your particular magazine, but like, you know, the work world wouldn't give you that. So you kind of had to make your own Situation. I think that's a a beautiful image. Like you didn't get that moment from like, no one gave you that Hollywood moment, but you gave that to yourself. I love that. I hadn't even thought about it in that way. It's beautiful. Thank
1: you. It's such a beautiful story, like the way you put it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I I just, I also have to be really honest and say, I don't think I was a great magazine journalist (laughs) either. I'm (laughs) not particularly excellent in the way that my friends are who work in the magazine industry. They can go to a launch and they, like that, they can just, see the story and create the nugget and they see the headline. And I always was running a bit deeper and I could never, that's why I think long form interviews and having bigger, wider conversations and letting Mm. it all breathe were much more suited to the kind of output that I could create. So it wasn't that necessarily the magazines weren't giving it to me as long. I I wasn't really in the right place.
2: (laughs) No, but that's, that's awesome that you were like, you know what, I need to carve out this other space for myself. And then this is like where you're finding your, your groove. Like you said, the needle hit the record um what was the response when you started the podcast like what did your colleagues say were they like what are you doing or was it like oh of course she needs to be having these long-form conversations
1: (laughs) um really truthfully I was I was quite secretive about it which is kind of a bizarre thing to be about something that you put on a public platform but I had been freelance for a while and I hadn't really been that visible on the scene. I had slipped off the radar very much because I wasn't writing loads. And obviously Mm. in order to stay on the radar, you need to be getting your bylines. And so I sort of, I I ended up doing a lot of work on QVC. I was doing a lot of guest presenting as a beauty presenter. And so that was keeping me busy. And, um, I just felt really, really passionately about, I really want to do this podcast. I really want to do this podcast. And I didn't really say much. And then probably I would say for the first six months to a year, and I don't know if you guys experienced this, it might have been different because you were on magazines, but if I said to somebody I'm doing a podcast, people would be say, people would say what's that? Or beauty's visual. How does beauty work on audio? That question verbatim. But Jen, do you remember the idea you
2: had for business cards? Do you oh, remember that? No, what did I do? You had a business card idea. I mean, Oh, it was my dad's idea. Yes. <laughs>
0: It literally was just like how to download. Like, what yeah. is a podcast? Like, our names. And then they'll like, say, what is a podcast? How do I download it? Is that weird purple app on my phone that I didn't know what it did? You know, on the Apple phones, it's always the purple uh, podcast icon.
2: I, I had to get very comfortable asking people because, like, they would – I think a lot of them would ask, like, in good um, – I think they were actually sincere. They'd be like, so, yeah, like, I want to download Yeah, I'm going to ask my son how to – or, like, I'm going to do it later. Like, I think they were sincere. And I'd be like, oh, I could show you. And they'd be like, okay. And then they would – hand me their phone like bobby brown handed me her phone she had been on the podcast uh-huh. and she was like i want to listen to it and then i was like okay i'm like so are you cool if i download this i'm gonna subscribe you and i gave it back to her like i'd had that moment so many times and it's weird but now everyone is like a podcast fiend it's like i'm so smart i listen to podcasts yeah it's made it better. <laughs> That's so
0: funny. And now that you've been doing it, like who are some of your favorite inter- interviews or biggest coups you've
1: had on the Emma Gunn show? Um, so Michelle Visage is a big coup for me because um, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Sure. And M- Michelle, forget about the interview and meeting Michelle on the day because it was all really wonderful and she was very generous and she was really sweet and we got on very well. But for me, what it was about, it was about me proving to myself that I'm very scrappy because I watched this thing on TV that I really like and want to be a part of, and I made it part of my world. I drew it towards me. And so, mm. Michelle Visage, that podcast represented. Well, if you can get Michelle Visage on your show, you can get anyone.
2: RuPaul, RuPaul, where are you? Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a good one. So for you, it was like a representative, like you can do it. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I didn't... uh I kind of didn't have that confidence. And I remember I used to really dream, like daydream about, oh my gosh, if this Michelle Visage thing comes off, because it was about nine to 12 months in the making that one of like sort of having those conversations. And I would fantasize about it and I would sort of get myself really upset and think, oh my God, when I come out of that podcast, I'm going to cry because I'm going to have reached the summit. And then I came out of the recording. It was boiling hot day. It was a bank holiday Monday. It was boiling hot day in London. And I walked up the road and I was you see that scene in um the holiday where Cameron Diaz is trying to cry yeah yeah my yeah, little yeah. pillow long suitcase with my big it was my big old kit before trying really hard I was like <laughs> trying to cry yeah, yeah yeah and then I just and then in a moment I was, this is your life now baby go for RuPaul like or whoever go for, yeah, the, talk, wow. go for Tim Ferriss it was a really lovely moment of don't don't get emotional about it accept it and aim for your next person. So who's the next person? Like besides oh yeah, RuPaul, who do you want? They're all on
0: the whiteboard. <gasps> you Wait, guys I really- were on Skype and so we can have a video link up. And the minute we got on with her, we could see this big whiteboard behind her. We didn't know what oh was on God. it. But oh my God, you have a dream board. We need a dream board. See where I've got a picture
1: where I've hey, Move to- your head again. Move your head. <laughs> Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins. Holy shit. So. Yeah, so- I've got a picture of a whale. I've drawn a little cartoon of a whale. Those are my whales. Those are my movie dicks. You're white whales. Does Henry Rollins have a whale? I can't see that far away. Bradley That's Cooper, so... Tim Ferriss. On I didn't think you were the Henry Rollins fan. Oh, a, I have followed him for years and I used to go to his spoken word tours.
0: Move your head again. Move your head again. Stop trying to steal her guest dreams. No, Come
2: I'm just, on. Like, I'm just really fascinated.
0: Um, that's that's it's, great. And I love that you're, who told us this? Charlotte Tilbury, when we had her on the show, she said that we needed to put our dreams out there. It was like a lot of that secret bullshit that I sometimes roll my eyes at. But literally, one of while I was doing it with her, I was putting my dreams out there. And then a bunch of the things I was thinking about came true. Like You, you make these little actions that you don't realize you're doing that sort of move you towards your goal, whether you realize it or not. You're going to get Henry Rollins. I can feel it.
2: Yeah, I think that I feel like that one more than a couple of the other ones may be achievable. I'm not going to name Bradley the other Cooper. Ones. You know, he's done his movies. Not as busy right now. He might. Go I on feel a like show. he's all about the shock and surprise. Like, like you know, you don't, I'm going to do like what, you know, you know, people don't think I'm going to, I can't speak right now. I'm like, I'm going to do what you don't think I'm going to do. He <laughs> might
1: be like, I'll turn up on this cool girl's beauty podcast. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the topics, my heart will always be in beauty and there will always be beauty guests on the show. But, um, I know we discussed when you came on my show, the, um, oh, yes, podcast yes.
2: yes, Emma. Emma, that was my next question. Well, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, I was going to say, like, you know, you've got, like, I'm looking at some of the names on your thing, you know, Bradley Cooper, Henry Rollins. These are all people who have been, like, really, like, they feel like they're bigger than beauty. And you've been talking so much about like mental health, wellness, like, you know, doing things every day, like spirituality. And I think like these two guys would totally show up for that. But why are you so like, why did you lean into this so hard lately? And when I say say lately, like,
1: like over a year now, you know, truthfully, um, it it has happened naturally and it's just been because of what's going on in my life. When I started the podcast, I alluded to the fact that I kind of fallen off the radar And my professional life and my personal life were not in good shape. And so, um, I hit a pretty dark and deep low and I had to claw my way out of it and it wasn't easy and it took time. And so I guess just naturally the conversations have evolved towards, because what I was able to do with the podcast when I was going through that, I mean, I remember I've, I've sat down with people to do podcasts and I've had full blown panic attacks in front of them because I was like triggered really? by but yeah I mean ironically an anxiety expert I got into her office and then just burst into tears because I was just I would had to travel across London and I was really um I, I I it was at a time in my life when I was just at sensory overload and I just felt like I was missing a layer of skin and I just felt really vulnerable and I just broke down in front of her and then and then um did a podcast with her, did an hour long interview that then hopefully added value to other people who are suffering with anxiety because we talked very openly about it. But so that was essentially why I was a, I, why the shows developed in that way, because I was going through these really deep, dark, horrible times and I was putting on a front, but then I'd be in, in a room with someone with the tape recording, someone who really inspired me. who I'm really sorry about that. Someone who really inspired me, who I liked very much. And I would be able to kind of steer the conversation and say, have you ever experienced anything like this? And then lo and behold, pretty much everyone has some sort of story. Everyone has experienced failure. Everyone has come over a bump in the road, whether it be a big one or a small one. And so that's kind of formed, well, not kind of, that has formed a really Important part of the narrative of, of the podcast, as, mu- as well as the fun and the yeah. empowering stuff. But it is really important to me because recovery is not linear. I still have terrible days, and I'm sure I know I have listeners who experience the same thing. So that's why it's definitely um, the seed, the seed, the acorn is always beauty, but the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has many branches. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for
0: bringing that like into the open conversation. I feel like that happens here here in the States too, all the time. Like I just had a loss in my family and people don't want to talk about it with you whenever they see you tearing up. Like, oh, you don't need to talk about it. It's too soon. Or they like brush it aside and move on. The same thing with people that suffer from anxiety. We're so quick as a society to like clean it up and put it under the rug and not bring it out into the open. And I, I think it's nice when there's other people out there who are willing to like go there with
1: you.
2: Like... You feel us alone. Right? And beauty, yeah. And, and I think beauty, like, is like a, beauty is like a good
1: conduit for that kind yeah. of conversation. Yeah. And I've, like the beauty and health and wellness sections have always been next to each other in magazines. So they've always yeah. been a really natural fit. Like way before we were working on magazines, they've always been kind of sisters within the pages. So um, it's just, it's just seemed very natural. And the, the response I get from listeners, well, I'm sure you get as well. Like people saying, I like hanging out with you. It makes me feel great when somebody emails me from the other side of the world and says i've been really struggling i didn't know why i've listened to this episode and because of it i'm now able to to take whatever the positive step it is that they've chosen to take that's in, that makes me feel so useful did you anticipate that your show would take this m- more
2: holistic direction or did you, when you started doing the show were you like oh no i'm going to interview like cool people in beauty like, did you expect to give so much of yourself and, and have
1: these richer conversations? No, um, no, I, I didn't. I was really terrified, actually. Um, I've always been, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who, if I meet you and you know this just cause we hung out, but, um, you'll get everything. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty unfiltered, but I'm very wary about sharing, like myself on social or what have you but it just it just happened naturally i didn't think about it it wasn't a strategy it just it's just what happened naturally when the tape recorder was on. And so that's why it's taken that turn. But it wasn't anything I really strategized or thought, right, now I'm going to go into self-care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it's the opposite of what's happening in the beauty industry where it seems like it's all combining together through strategy. We talked about on your show that we recorded, um, go listen to it, by the way. We'll tell our listeners that at the top of the show. We talked about some of the trends that we didn't like in the beauty industry. I'm not going to put you on the spot, though. The CBD thing did come up here. But what are some of the trends in general? that you've noticed in the beauty industry as far as products go but also as far as like um you know
1: just the looks go and that what lately are you into I'm into everything being pared back I I love drag race but I feel a bit icky about a makeup technique that's used by men to feminize their faces being used so broadly by women, which mm. is what a lot of the Instagram makeup is. It's, it's, it's drag technique. It's a real art and it's incredible and it's, in it's beautiful. But I think when you, in the right context, it's absolutely stunning. But I think when you see a, as I see sometimes, I don't know if you guys, it might not be so much over in the States, but over here I see a 14 year old girl wearing really thick makeup over the best skin she's ever going to have. I do feel like going up to them and saying, you have no idea what your collagen supplies are like right now. You take that off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be completely inappropriate and wrong of me. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to things being paired back and I'm looking forward to, I, I think um, Sam from uh, Pixie Woo says it really well, where she says, always leave something undone. Like you can do if, and if you look at her pictures, they're always so incredible. If you just if you're going to go big on the eyes, it's not as don't go big on the lips. But I always used to wear, for example, uh, mascara on my top and bottom lashes, and then I was chatting to her and she said, Just leave the bottom lashes if you're not doing glam or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's just a game changer, it's just those little things that just mean that just it's a subtle change. So, I think. It's about prettifying, isn't it? I've never been about, like, full on. <gasps> Jess
0: loves saying that. That's, like... What? you know when you're always like can't it can't just be pretty it doesn't have to be glamorous it doesn't have to be like over the top like just pretty just, yeah. Yeah. yeah and also there's been this trend in the states i don't know about like ugly beauty if you will um, i'm not yeah, sure yeah, what yeah. else to call yeah. it but like sometimes we think some of the visuals lately in advertising and things are on purpose looking like just to get you to look twice and it's a kind of a gross look but like just to make a statement um and
1: we're not sure There's a lot of like <laughs> weird statement making happening and i'm not really sure what the point of it is <laughs> just to be eye catching just to get people's oh. attention but I, I there's a place for glamour don't get me wrong but let's let's be really honest here I mean I'm guessing I'm going to speak for you guys now but supermodel glamour I'm all I'm down for like I'm so happy about Tilbury bringing out those new lipsticks the supermodel inspired lipsticks that to me is glamour like the mm-hmm. on era. But now, what's, mm-hmm. what's been happening? I just like Instagram makeup, that kind of foil finish highlight. Yeah. I just want us to move away from that because this isn't about covering who we are, it's about. It's about turning the volume up on ourselves but not distorting it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Emma, how do you turn the volume up? Like you mentioned the top lash mascara only, but like what are some of your favorite products right now?
1: Right now, I am um, Oh, I tell you the thing that has re- is really blowing my mind is um the Revitalash mascara. It's a primer, but it's got a mineral a blue mineral pigment in the primer. Okay. When you paint your lashes with the primer, you paint them a sort of cobalt royal. See, it's beauty editor. I'm even doing the action. (laughs) Um, And then you put the mascara over the top and I've been to three events this week and everyone has said, are you wearing false eyelashes? Have you had eyelashes? Oh, I've been really impressed by it. So it doesn't make your lashes grow. It's just like a temporary, like it's just a, it's just a fatty mascara. Well, interesting you say that because... I've been looking at the small print. Obviously, I just ripped open the packaging and started using it. But I'm looking at the small print because I really do... I want to find out if it's got the growth serum in, but they sent it to me with the growth serum. Separate. And okay. I was like, hmm, please hold caller. I will find out about that. <laughs> please hold caller. That is something I do want to... But that's a that's a product I really love. Um, what's another thing? I, oh, I tell you what is just probably... The the beauty product that I will love forever and ever and wish I had discovered earlier, and that's Daniel Sandler's Watercolor Blush. What? Wow, I don't have this. Watercolor in, Blush? That's this. fabulous. Is this a UK product? Well, Daniel's a UK-based makeup artist. Yeah. He's also an incredible human being. I love him to bits. But he created these watercolor blushes. And they are they give the most unbelievable finish on skin and they they're highly pigmented. But they Daniel Saunders. Daniel Sandler. You know the um the packaging that MAC Luster Drops comes in? Yes. Tiny little bottle that, that almost looks like artistic paint. So it's yes. very similar packaging to that and very similar size and it's um a watercolor. So there are mm-hmm. pigment particles in it, so you have to shake it beforehand. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, I've I've got it, I've got it. Um and I just put a couple of drops onto uh, a stiff kind of like the Real Technique sculpting brush is amazing. Yeah. And you paint that onto your cheeks and it it's the most real natural looking thing you'll <clears> ever see. But, he, but he's also got a bronzer and a highlighter. I see this. I see this, Emma. How's the highlighter? I mean, it's the best kind of highlighter because it just looks like you have been airbrushed. It doesn't give, it, it gives the most natural, um, f- I know. She's it, speechless. She's Okay, is I,
2: okay. Speechless. Am I, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous about you right now because I'm you really you getting actually carried away. She's getting very, yeah, very Yeah, you're, you're actually getting it. a little
1: flushed. Don't I don't love think you need about this Beauty. Daniel
2: it's like, Sandler stuff, okay? You're like kid, kidded. Christmas yeah. morning. Waving
1: my hands. And because of perspective, it looks like I've got massive hands. But <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> it's just, it's just the
2: foreshortening. Um, I've seen them. They're okay. Okay. So listen, <laughs> I know that <laughs> it seems like Daniel Sandler is, is the one to check out. But are there any other... UK hot topics, hot peeps we need to know about?
1: UK hot topic. There are loads at the moment. Um, like what, what, what is buzzing?
2: Like if we were to sit down with a bunch of beauty editors right now at one of these fancy lunches, we were going out for a spot of tea at the big beauty editor press, press preview. What would you guys all be gossiping about right now? <laughs> oh gosh, it would be, it would absolutely
1: be real housewives. Oh my God. Okay, well we can do that right here. I think what everyone's really excited about now is like, I think as as we've talked about on your podcast is about just the volume and the size of the beauty industry. It's just, it's become very democratic and more, as you say, influencers, you don't have to be um, in the industry using air quotes to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all really excited about how retailers in particular will adapt to that. And how buying beauty is going to change because a lot of us, I know I have, I've switched to buying beauty online because I I don't love the in store experience as much. Whether that's because of hygiene seals being broken or because I just don't want someone kind of saying, "Do you want to try that?" or you know, feeling like I'm being sold to. So I think that there's a real need for retailers to respond to that and to change the shopping landscape, change the shopping experience. I think the US is way ahead of the UK on that. But I think that's definitely something that I've talked about with people this week is we have to think more about the end user, not just about, because let's face it, you and you and I meet products in tissue papered bags that have been spritzed with beautiful perfume in five-star hotels. <laughs> and we get one-on-one personal attention, sometimes from the person who's created it. Um, and that's a lovely way to meet a beauty product. But imagine if you're meeting a beauty product on your lunch hour because you've run out of something and you've got 15 minutes and your boss back at the office is, you know, counting the time and when are you going to come back? That's how some people meet beauty products. (laughs) This is so true.
0: Now we know I am a freelance. (laughs) You're doing it Right. (laughs)
2: <laughs> she's in her track bottoms, chilling out. She's
1: like, she's like, I'm not about that life anymore, bitch. <laughs> I love it. I went to a, I went to a really swanky dinner last night. I don't know if swanky will translate. I went to a really shishi dinner last night and, um, it was amazing. You know, there were embossed notebooks and beautiful floral display, displays and tissue paper, you know, bags filled with tissue paper and products. <laughs> but I always try and I do this with my podcast as well. I was in such a position of privilege. I went from, um, reporting on baking sales to Elton John's back garden. And somewhere along the way, I forgot about the end user. And as a freelancer running in my role as a podcaster, I really, really focus on the consumer. I would never tell somebody to buy something that I wouldn't spend yes, own money Guns. on. Yes, Emma
0: Guns! I love it. Just I love it. It's true. It's true. Pod royalty.
2: Thank you're, you, Emma. You're the best, Emma. Thank you for the transatlantic interview. You're awesome. You're going to get everyone on your whiteboard. I think you're fantastic. And go listen to Emma Gunn. Subscribe.
0: It's time to raise a wand. Are you ready to raise a wand? Yes.
2: Okay. What are you raising a wand to? Okay. Remember, when we talk about that product from John Frieda back in the day that was like a little fat mascara wand, no With pun hair. The flyaway. Flyaway. It was like a yeah. tamer, like fly a flyaway wand or something. Is, yes, it was I think called. That. That's not coming back. Oh, I but, got really excited. Yeah, yeah. No, don't get too excited. But I found a new product just came out <gasps> that is, it's like almost as good. What is it? It's by R and Co. Okay. And it's called Magic Wand. Oh, it's Magic Wand. It says Brow Gel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, I was like, Brow Gel. I'm yeah, like, I was just going to say that's their new brow gel, isn't it? Oh, shit. I've been using it on my what hair. It? Oh, it's a hack. Oh okay yes. What so, color is yours? Some of them clear. were tinted. Oh, there was a clear one. Yeah yeah yeah. I thought they I were was okay. Tinted. So it's it's clear. And I was like, here's the thing. I'm like, they made the wand way too little. It's for your brows. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Because it came from R&Co, it's an honest mistake. Yes. Because it's a hair company, and they were using it, or they they were showing it off backstage at a Yeah. And I think they were maybe taming some of the hairs with their baby hairs with it. So maybe that's where I got the idea. But anyway. I have been putting the brow gel around some of my um, hairline. Oh, yeah. I have this one part of my hairline that loves to, like, surprise me and kind of swoop down and make me look ridiculous, you know, and I didn't realize it until after. I've been putting it there. But here's a tip, which I learned the hard way. Do not go over it with more than one pass because it will crack and look like Elmer's glue. Like in okay. like look dandruffy. Okay. This stuff is strong. Well, it is meant for your brow hair. <laughs> yeah, it is. But this is like, I have a Mary Kay brow gel, which it heard is being discontinued. This is... A stiffer, stronger than a stiffer. that. stiffer. This is the strongest stuff I've ever tried in my life. Interesting. So which are, makes it better for hair flyaways, actually, yeah. than a
0: brow gel would be. You've got it. I like so your path. I like it. It's yeah. good. That's a good one. Um, I'm raising a wand. This is this is so random for me, but Elizabeth Arden White Tea fragrance. Oh, that one was beautiful. Yeah, and I revisited it recently because I think I'm just dreaming of oh, spring. Oh, I'm thinking of green tea. Sorry. No, oh, okay, green tea was amazing back in I the actually day. I don't know
2: white tea. Sorry.
0: Okay, so white tea they came out with maybe a year ago. I mm-hmm. want to say. Um, inspired by green tea, but I think it's just cause like, I always try and go for like the cool fragrance, like after killing and like we talked to him recently and I was just like, Oh, I want something that's like, you know, sexy and glamorous, or I, I go for DS and Durga. I was like, you know what? Sometimes it's nice just to smell fresh and it's pretty beautiful. and bring the spring. And so, um... White tea has clary sage. And you know what it smells like to me? A lot of, there's like an iris note to it. A powdery mm-hmm. kind of iris mm-hmm. note. There is green tea in there, but it doesn't smell like a matcha latte. It's just like the lightest, barely there floral and not in that weird, like laundry, laundry softener kind of way. It's still a sophisticated floral. But, like, it's actually not a floral. It's a green and powdery is what I would say the main accords are, with a little salty ocean breeze, which we don't like because it smells like toilet room potpourri. (laughs) But, like, it works here in that same way that wood, sage, and sea salt. Oh, yes, yes, From Joe Malone. Yes, yes. I would liken it to a little bit more floral version of that. Okay. I talked to to myself in a circle, but I finally got to the description. Do you
2: remember a long time ago, Bulgari had, like, a white tea (gasps) scent? Yes. And they had the little hand soaps that went with it that I haven't seen. That one in a while. I don't know if they still make it, and they spelled it T E T H yeah, E. Yeah, yes, that was good. Um, I that was one of the most beautiful scents I've ever smelled in my life. So like, I'm really open to trying this. This is a little bit like this that one, not quite as sophisticated, just more fresh and playful. But okay, give it a try, I'll you give guys.
0: It a whirl. Bring spring early wherever you live. I know you want it.
2: Thanks for listening. Fat Mascara is produced by our friends at Atwell Media. You can check out our website, fatmascara.com, for episode recaps, product recommendations, and discount codes. And if you
0: want to reach us directly, email us at info at fatmascara.com, or you can follow us on social at fatmascara. Shoot us a DM. And we'd love if you went over to iTunes and threw us a rating. How many stars? Five. Five, please.